Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello, friends, and welcome to A Little More Good, the podcast where myself, Dean Morris, or Deaner, and my good pal, Zach Berman of The Juice Truck, explore themes that light us up. Things like human potential, coexisting with our planet and its inhabitants, and the fascinating area where wellness, mindfulness, sustainability, movement, business, and our own evolution and adventure intersect. A Little More Good is inspired by community and our collective potential. It is inspired by those that have walked this path before us, both locally and globally. Our mission is to connect intentionally and genuinely with the goal of planting seeds that foster growth and help us all discover the fullness of our own human potential. So join us as we have fun and meaningful conversations centering on human stories that inspire us to get out and live full, healthy, and meaningful lives. Our intention is to create dialogue that is not only interesting to listen to, but inspires you to take what you've learned through the conversation and apply it to your own life in a meaningful way. So let's get to it, and together we can create a little more good. Here we are. Uh, we're here with our good friend Asha Wilden from Kula Kitchen, Kula Food. Um, first met Asha through, uh, not through food, through uh, the, the mom and dad community um, with our, through our friends Jenny and Aaron and, uh, and obviously through my wife Megan. Uh, I just have kids around the same age, so we or- originally met through, uh, through our kids and um, I didn't know Asha was a wizard in the kitchen until we had uh, dinner over at your your old place uh, right. wow. 
and you made us like the most amazing meal pre pre launch of your business, and you mentioned that you had an idea mm -hmm. about creating something, yeah. something awesome. called Kula. That's, that's how it all started. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, and that was like what a wonderful way to connect. Like the best way to connect with someone was to share a meal with them, yeah. like, and especially a home cooked yeah. meal. Like, what an honor to have someone cook something that they love. Um, that you know, in in the case of this meal, represented like you know. Your, your cultural history and, sure. and so much more so there were stories and and connection and like that's the best way to to meet people is over Absolutely. a meal like that yeah. yeah and it feels like it feels almost intimate like when you think about it in our context today like yes. what is most common and again obviously right not right at this current moment with with the whole pandemic situation but typically we would say you know, let's meet for a drink so we can like get to know each other better. Yeah. Or I know this great restaurant downtown. We should go check it out and like grab a table and eat together. And like that core thing is like gathering around a meal, which is so important. But like something changes, I think significantly when you invite someone into your space, your home, and then it's not like, oh, I got takeout from my favorite restaurant, but like <laughs> I literally made you this food. Like it's such an intimate act of like care and um, I think it really expresses like love mm -hmm. to say like I've because it takes time it takes thought like you're preparing ahead of time what am I going to cook what do I want to feed these people are there any allergies or sensitivities right. like there's so yeah. much awareness that goes into that um, yeah I'm just like literally, literally like dying a little yeah. bit like I want to just like share a meal like a home cooked meal right I'm but, reimagining like the flavors and the spices right now yeah, just like and just um yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm silent right now as I'm thinking of, of that day. Because mm, it's, it's such a... a yeah, it's such a, a core part of who we are. It doesn't matter where you are around the world. Right. Uh, food is such a big connector, right? And uh, yeah, that's pretty much kind of where I start, right? Um, personally with myself. Um, so I was born in Uganda um, and lived, raised in Kenya for the first 11 years of my mm -hmm. life. And I grew up in a, in the north uh, northeast of central uh, Nairobi. So it's a town called Isiolo, and uh, yeah, it was a village life. You know, it's uh, I wouldn't say it's as descriptive as many people would imagine, but the one thing that stood out for me was that community experience. And right. so this means we we were you know we had crops and it was shared you know in a communal manner. Um, preparations of food often were shared, especially when it came to celebrations. Mm. Um, and yeah, as a child, I was involved in that process, right? And you didn't really have access to running water um, or, yeah, anything electricity <laughs> involved, right? Yeah. So there were so many. And I, I really want to get back to how we preserved because, you know, we didn't cook food every day. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's like such a core part, you know, when you have a ch as a mom now, I have children, and like one of the first things I thought of was like, what are they going to eat? <laughs> mm, yeah. And it's such a again the core piece of who we are in terms of how we want to you know feed and support, and it always takes part for me anyway, and for most people that I know around food. And so I'm jumping around here, but I think yeah, meeting that way, and I think we had dinner pretty early on. Yeah. Um, and it was such a great, like, especially when you're starting a new business where 
you're thinking up and you're not sure. I wasn't really sure if I was going to proceed yeah. and how that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew if, if I was, it was going to be centered around what I grew up enjoying. That's right. plant-based. And that, my journey was also beginning around then as, as uh, plant-based, right. vegan now. And um, yeah, it was, it was really, it was kind of magical because, you know, we all had between the three families, you know, the beginnings of starting a family um, and just being able to like relax and, you know, at the same time, the kids are, they were so <laughs> tiny. Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember all the details, but I just remember juggling in some ways, but it was like, it was so nice. It was, there, was, there were, you know, f- like a familial sounds of children mm-hmm. and enjoyment and, you know, I, I know some of the dishes resonated with you as oh, well. Yeah. And so, yeah. <sighs> it's a beautiful moment. We're going to get back to that. Yes, you know, I, I, for sure. It's, this is this is gonna pass, and yeah. I think we're more. Most of us and all of us are. I think everyone. Um, I know I appreciate those moments more mm-hmm. because it's not as easily accessible mm-hmm. anymore, um, as it was said. But yeah, I cannot wait. Yeah. <laughs> cannot yeah. wait to get back in. Me too, family. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny, right? Like we, you know, you if you've ever been away for like ex- extended schooling or travel yes. or whatever. Like there's always, I'm sure each of us like in our mind can recall two or three things that like when we think of going back to like our parents' house, like that comfort meal, right? And like it's the the cliche of like, oh, there's nothing like a home cooked meal. Mm -hmm. And I think in some ways it's like even more so now because we've kind of had to put a pause on that. Like it really shows how much like we appreciate that and how central it is to like our social kind of gathering as people, right? And that to not have that experience is... Yeah, if I think about my childhood or, or really anything from the past, like the first things that I think of are the... the like if I'm reflecting on, on you know, living with my parents growing up, think about the meals we had, like mostly around holidays and, and gatherings with people. Um, but those are kind of like the core, like foundational memories that I have yeah. always revolve around dinner and, and gathering. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it's such a foundational piece of, you know, all of our histories and, and you know, for, for myself having like a half Jewish family, I can like kind of separate the dinners from like the Jewish dinners and like <laughs> yeah. the non-Jewish dinners because like the food always seemed very, very different and, and the gatherings were, you know, we actually always mixed it up. Like our Jewish friends would always come for like the, the not like Christmas and stuff like that and like our non-Jewish friends would come for the Jewish holidays because you know, our other Jewish friends were doing Jewish things on, yeah. on those days, so. Um, but also, like, any chance to get together and eat and yeah. celebrate. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, I'm in, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so growing up, like, going back to your childhood, like, when you think about those gatherings and those holidays and, like, the people coming together, like, what are the, if you just, like, kind of close your eyes and can imagine the smells and everything like that, what, what are the meals that um, it takes you back to? Um, I definitely... For me, like rice palau, which is so fa- fragrant. Yeah. It it also like reminds me even with my mom in Canada. She would always you'd walk in and you knew like you know we celebrated um, Eid and Ramadan. Um, so my family is Muslim, and so that period that you know month in Kenya as well. There's like preparations of like you know our signature dishes, um, and they're amplified because they're like in these large pots and the smell just like you know goes through not just your home but like you know around the neighborhood so you know what's happening 
And it's like, you know, spices like cardamom, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. so dear to us. And yeah. it's remained in our, like, that's one of our main <laughs> ingredients in a lot of our recipes. Um, yeah, chapati, even though, like, it's a bread, there's still a smell of how, and I can have that familial, familiar um, smell, it, you know, in many other places. But those stand up to me. But it's the spices. It's like, yeah. Yeah. it doesn't matter what's prepared. But I, like, I can pinpoint you know, cumin, uh, cardamom, cilantro is often used. Um, there is a spice called barbare, and that's, um, it's, 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 it originally is from Ethiopia, and it's like a mix of blended spice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that goes into a lot of our foods. And yeah, so I think connecting that to even what we do at Kula, it's like looking for those spices. I remember the very beginnings I found a small shop, which I still, I actually work with now. It's just yeah. amazing. It's a, it's a small company and they predominantly sell Ethiopian uh, food and spices. And um, I remember looking around and finding them was such a, it was such a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're in Burnaby, um, but it was so good to just see that and then be able to, to make that decision mm-hmm. uh, to work with them. But yeah, spices um, really stand out. I, I can pick it up from and there are certain restaurants and as soon as I see like the ingredients I could almost like smell the food and it and, and it's not necessarily like East African cuisine yeah. or Kenyan food it could be Indian food right it could be you know um, Iranian cuisine um, and I often gravitate towards <laughs> those foods for that reason yeah yeah well they're like yeah. I, I feel like that those are the foods or like those are the spices mm-hmm. that really to me like growing up with very like western palate like no offense to my mom love you mom <laughs> it was very much like the classic like pretty safe yeah. foods right i can still remember like my mom would every once in a while make um like curried rice mm-hmm. and it was literally just like white rice with curry powder like in it and then maybe some peas or something so there's like some yes. like mild experimentation but like she's not a big fan of spicy foods mm-hmm. and like you know i think my dad was just kind of a traditional like he wanted like meat and potatoes kind of stuff right and now like coming into my own like when i moved out and started eating my own stuff it was like i wanted no it's restaurant food mostly but like i would never go out to a restaurant where it's like i could make that so then it was like finding these places right and my wife and i like we would love to try new things. So like Lebanese food, right? We yes. go down to Nuba. When we discovered like Nuba, it was like, this is a whole new world <laughs> of like spices. And I love to cook. Yeah. So then it's, it was like the hunt of like, as you're talking about finding the spices, like, okay, well, first of all, what are these? Because like growing up, they weren't common in my kitchen, right? Or my parents' kitchen. So finding like, where can I get cardamom? Or like, yeah, well, you know, what, what are these even different spices and how do they work together? And now it's like, if I'm gonna make some, my one of my kid, my kid's favorite dish, I call it creamy curry, and it's like basically like a, a vegan like butter chicken, right? Chickpeas, tomato sauce, but then the base of it is like curry, turmeric. Um, what else do I throw in there? Oh my goodness, like smoked paprika, and uh, it's escaping me. Um, cilantro, but as the seed, what do oh, they yeah. call it? Uh, coriander. Coriander. That's like my secret ingredient. Yes. Coriander yes. in everything. It's like, yes. but it's so interesting because now I don't want to eat like western food at all right but i wonder a question that i had for you is like coming into starting kula and being like okay this is going to be my business um what how did you 
did you do like a temperature temperature check in terms of like is this accessible to people is there you know predominantly like we're, we're so uh, multicultural here right was there what was your thought process in like I'm gonna bring these like flavors and spices of like my experience of like what you like what you're used to to like a broader audience what, what, what was a bit of that journey uh, so five years ago I moved from Toronto my experience living there for 20 years um, was that accessibility and, and it took t I think it's timing you know mm -hmm. I grew up there so I also learned where to go which neighborhoods and what's really awesome about Toronto is you have like you have communities like pockets of communities you know you can go um, a little more east Danforth you'll find a lot of the Ethiopian um, cuisine which obviously is the first thing I gravitate towards yeah. because again my lineage actually ties back to Somalia and Ethiopia based okay. on my ancestors and so like it's really interesting how they traveled um, to you know the northern parts including Kenya and so like I would, and then there's there's also like there's like pockets of like Greek neighborhoods and then you go more west you'll see more Caribbean flavors and uh, shops and it's like really well represented mm. you know um, I'm trying to think of who wouldn't be like I found everything including Kenyan food not as much as I wanted to but <laughs> right. they're still there I knew okay. where to go and so when I came here um, one of the first I remember the first place I went to was Calabash yeah um, and that's like a natural gravitate towards like you know some other familiar foods I had um, growing up and so, so that's what it was looking for um, you know options mm -hmm. and I found some Ethiopian uh, restaurants which was great that was a relief um, finding the ingredients finding injera yeah uh, because my mom would buy she would she can make it but it's a process okay. that fermented bread have you ever had injera? yeah yeah it's like yeah. kind of like uh, like it's, it's kind of spongy or yeah, like, so yeah. It's, it's fermented uh, bread that's uh, like it, it takes weeks or days oh, to wow. prepare so she would do that on a special occasion, but generally we'll, we'll go to a shop that carries uh, already made yeah. and then make our own sauces. And that's kind of like, it becomes a tradition, right? My sisters do the same thing, so does my brother here. And um, yeah, we do the same. And so finding that, you know, one shop, Musgram is the shop, by the yeah. way. Shout out, Shout out to yeah. Musgram, <laughs> aka Lucy's Market. Okay. Um, so they have like both, um, you know, uh, retail as well as bulk. So it's super cool. And then, like, as I, you know, I wanted more, um, and at that time, I, I started, you know, looking at eating more plant-based uh, foods, and I found a lot more, um, like, meat-heavy, some vegetarian options, mm -hmm. um, and so that came up for me, and then it was, okay, so there's a story, so I went to Cowich and Bay, and this is early on, met my husband here, uh, so you didn't know Seth back oh yeah then, uh, oh yeah let's talk about Seth <laughs> like when you moved to Vancouver you didn't know Seth yet no I was very single okay. and I came on a project I was working for a um, telecom company which okay. I was with for over uh, over 12 years um, and at that time my role was to launch new products um, so we, we were looking at those early stages of project management um, and then typically my team would move on and so I came in, I remember it was January, I had like three layers of, I had, like, I had my liner, and then I had a jacket, like two scarves, I had boots and everything, and everyone was just like, what is she doing? <laughs> yeah. And yes, I discovered, you know, the Western region. Yeah. Um, and Canada's California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> met Seth like two weeks later. No after, way. Yeah, so you were just here for two weeks, then you met Seth. I met Seth. 
um, yeah, turned on my Tinder. Nice. And there I was he like, was. what's going on here? Yeah, let's see who <laughs> lives out this way. <laughs> and it was Seth. And so we, yeah, we connected fairly quickly. It was uh, quite a sweet, but <laughs> That's yes, amazing. It was amazing. And with that, you discover all the different, like, so the, I gravitate towards food mm-hmm. naturally. And it was like, you know, dining out, you know, as you do yeah. uh, in those early stages of uh, dating. What did you guys um, go for your first date? Um, poorhouse. Poorhouse, nice. Yeah, I think. <laughs> poorhouse. Well, we dined a lot. We, we can go to poorhouse. Yeah, a that's, that's a good yeah, place yeah. to go. That's a good first date. Yeah, I think I definitely think that's the Shambar was the other. Yeah, okay. he was in Gaston, so we spent nice. a lot of time there. Cool. Um, and what was I saying? Yeah, so. There was that, and it's been amazing. So I never really, I went back to move <laughs> a couple of months later. So my plan was to be here until May, um, you know, get the project completed and, and uh, move back. And so I think I was even more excited to try all the local foods. Right. And the service is, uh, the service is incredible in Vancouver, I think, um, top notch in terms of what you, like, you know, the service in terms of, uh, you know, weight service the quality of food um, I really appreciated that but I was still like really itching and, and wanting the food that um, it's funny when you mentioned if you can't prepare if you can prepare you wouldn't necessarily you know yeah and that was it like I I wanted something that's familiar but you know usually takes longer and, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the traditional foods that I love that's Afrocentric that means like it's you know East West African or Caribbean that I, I love so much um, I had a challenge finding that, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I enjoyed some, like, I, I still love, you know, a lot of the spaces and there are, um, to just, you know, put some respect out there, uh, but we needed more, and I think yeah. specifically I was really looking for more plant-based options, Right. and so we were visiting a friend in Cowichan Bay, and, um, you know, as I love farmer's markets, that's another spot where you can find local, you know, and, you know, produce, and uh, there's a whole so speaking of community right when you think of shopping experience like there's nothing like a farmer's market so true right it's, there's a buzz around it um, and it's outdoors often the kids if they're children they're most most of the time they're children running around and yeah. you are able to connect with the producer directly and mm-hmm. so we were, we were off to Couch and Bay because for I got really excited early on I'm still excited but there's something about like so during my journey for plant-based, um, I, I, I got so excited about turning some of our traditional foods plant-based. And it wasn't that difficult, um, but it was just like introducing those spices and flavors to someone that, that's never tried it. Mm-hmm. And so this family that is a pretty close family of uh, Seth and mine now, um, they pretty much grew up together in Nova Scotia. And so uh, this was like meeting, before I met Seth, Seth's, you know, family bloodline I I met this other family that lived there and um, so we were we decided we're gonna make Kenyan food Um, and we were looking at all the spices they carried which was I was really impressed by the selections Um, so we said we're gonna use what we have and then let's go to let's go to the market get some collard greens and um, any ingredients that we'd want to add in and so I remember going in and I saw a person selling um, uh, like it's called cuckoo rice like a chicken rice okay. but it was he was using um, like vegetarian um, 
broth and I got so excited because like yeah so cuckoo rice is chicken yeah, rice, yeah. and it's like a flavored type of rice and if, I don't remember what the vendor was he's a really nice guy and I tried and I, I was so disappointed oh, no. <laughs> I was like no screwed up the cuckoo rice oh, yeah. it was not it but yeah I, I appreciated the sentiment and that's kind of where it all kicked off and okay. I was like okay I think not again no disrespect but mm -hmm. i can definitely bring in some of those flavors that that are is mine and that's my right. ancestors and um can be a great representation and like i'm, I'm sure there are more people there's got to be more people that are looking for this mm. um so fast forward like we had a great dinner we ended up like cooking together that's another great thing like that experience of cooking together yeah um, just like the tactileness, yeah, full body, right. smell, feel, touch, like exactly. all. Exactly, and if it's new, it's even more exciting. Yeah. Um, so sharing that piece of myself was like really getting to know that family, and like it's become a regular for us. Awesome. Um, usually, we we either spend some of the holidays together or at some point during the year. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's, it's interesting because we we're, we're thinking of Christmas because we can't go back to Nova Scotia or Toronto this year. Um, so potentially we'll be in Cowichan Bay. Okay. Um, for this Christmas? Potentially. Nice. Depends on what. What's going on? Dr. Yeah. Bonnie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Bonnie. Let us go to Cowichan Bay. Respect. Bonnie. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, you know, the ultimate goal was to, to give that rich culture of, mm -hmm. of mine, share it and um, connect people to, to that experience. I think uh, what's really great right now is I'm seeing more people bringing their you know ancestral food options that are plant-based right it's not just like yeah. I'm not just creating this it's like let's show and I always say it's the more original form um, I mean for me personally uh, what I've I got really nerdy and started doing more research because yeah. you may I mean I may not have been um, introduced to like it was just like a natural form where plant-based um, food and ingredients was a staple because it was accessible. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the dishes that I gravitate towards, like ugali, which is like a corn meal, a corn that's like cooked into a cornmeal uh, consistency, and you, you use that as a utensil to eat with like um, stir-fried vegetables, like collard greens specifically, so it's called ugali and sukuma wiki. Yeah. And then that sukuma wiki is also speaks to a term, which is to stretch the week. And so oftentimes, like, the other ingredients, like protein, are added on to extend the week, or uh, whatever you have. Mm -hmm. um, but it was considered a poor person's food. Mm -hmm. and so the base was naturally plant-based? Naturally plant-based. Yeah. And uh, so depending on which region especially, but generally, plant-based food is like, it's an, like a regular thing. The, the food that, that is enjoyed mostly when celebrated are, you know, a little more costly and includes animals yeah um and then i like really dived into like our connection like in the village that i grew up in like you didn't have necessarily a lot of money you lived off your land um and then um the monetary um thing or or a being you had was animals mm -hmm. and specifically like so my my ancestors and my tribe they're they're called the borana people so they're again they're nomads from um, Ethiopia and Somalia and they traveled with their herds of animals um, and that's pretty much how this and they they stayed with the, the animals didn't like you know appear and disappear as unfortunately could this current situation um, and there's like a as a child I had relationship with these animals right yeah. right and you took care of them daily and um, 
it was part of our family. I remember even cats. Like my, I don't know what it was, but my grandfather had so many cats in our home. <laughs> so yeah, I grew up with my grandfather, um, and that's a whole other story. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, what, was, what was what was grandpa like? My grandfather was a chain smoker. He was a military man, very quiet. Yeah. He was like super dark tall lean guy very quiet yeah. but he had a lot to say just by like his presence was very strong um yeah. he had really bright eyes like it was like a blue, i remember the blue rings and like very like intense stare but like so gentle mm. um and he had uh he's very prideful yeah um he sh- like i think i learned a lot of like that community being qu- he's a quiet person but just had that strong presence right. within the community um, and he was he was very proud of you know who he was and who he is and um, I think given that I was like his one grandchild that lived with him I think there was a lot of pride with me and yeah, uh, yeah I get so emotional when I think about him yeah, but like yeah, I remember he would so in my uh, as part of my culture name names and like where your name comes from and where you come from is a big deal so you don't just get a new name and then have one last name right so you inherit your you know your father and their fathers and their father's names so he would like he would sit there with his buddies right yeah. chain smoking and they would like be playing something around the table all day um and then if i'm walking by he'd be like what's your name and then i would i would relay my name right and yeah. the name is asha tato shunakulai dandarcha and that's like that honor, you know, right. this is, you are part of something and someone and it's, it continues on. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that stayed with me. I think I remember the last, the last day with him and he's just like, remember and remember who you are. And, mm. you know, I haven't, I hadn't seen him yeah. since that day, but I think, I think, um, that connection like really stays and like, we are honoring that myself and Seth and Seth is the same. Like, although like he grew he was born in Nova Scotia he has that tie actually his father is South African okay um and I never met his dad but I finally saw a video of him in Cowichan Bay actually that same time so <laughs> yeah. one of the because again this is this is basically his extended family yeah and it was a video of of um um one of like, I would say his auntie um getting married and his dad spoke and he had a very thick like South African accent yeah and I'm just like wow that's yeah I get I get I get this person yeah and like again that quiet but strong presence right mm. I think that connection is there but yeah I and we we are honoring that through our children our children have their um, their grandparents names yeah um, within their names and it's it's just like a small reminders right it's beautiful yeah and yeah. so the way I'm doing that right now for the business is through the company um, the name of Kula means eat in Swahili, which is the main language spoken in Kenya. Yeah. Um, but I also like started thinking about it. And this is like, this is me getting a little witchy. And yeah, it's yeah. like witchy. Kula and Kule. And I like, I can't help. Because I remember when I came up with that name and I thought about it afterwards. I was like, oh, this is really interesting that I went to that route. But yeah. there's a pretty important pull there. Um, but yeah, we're driven by community. Um, and with meeting you and like building that plant-based community started with yourself, Zach. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. But yeah. yeah, we started. I remember going. I know this is me jumping back into. Yeah, like, we'll go. We'll, we'll go back and forth. We'll jump around. The pop-ups, right? Yeah. We, we were like, oh, what are we gonna do? We're gonna do pop-ups. Maybe we'll do some like um, 
we ended up like chatting. I feel like we've chatted so much yeah. right, about what's what's the next step and like what is the what's the story. And um, the initial thought was, uh, you know, we'll we'll get to people's homes, and we would come up with ingredients and then prepare these dishes together, right? And then you know have some recipes that um, you know those in the community um, who had us in their home yeah. are able to use, but also bring their families and friends together That's awesome. through that. Yeah, uh, we didn't quite go there, <laughs> yeah. but we ended up. Uh, you know, a lot of our time was spent at, at pop-ups, which were, were mainly held at Juice Truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and some at Calabash. And Calabash as well. Yeah. Um, the first pop-up. I mean, all of the pop-ups were amazing, but the first one, I just remember like. Was your was your mom out for the first one? My mom was out for the what was that? second one. The, yeah, that's right. The second one, yeah, second and third. She was at Juice Truck and she was at Calabash. Yeah, and I actually I remember sitting next to your mom at the Calabash one and just connecting with yeah. her and like hearing her stories. Like I didn't know half these stories about you at the time. Like I didn't realize you have like ten ten brothers oh, yeah, and I have sisters. Oh yeah, ten brothers and sisters. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pretty wild, hey? Yeah, so, she's incredible. Um, she, I, she, I was telling her about Finn at the time, and I was like, one's a lot of work, and I remember her laughing at me. One! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you, know, you can picture your mom's laugh, right? She's got this amazing, she's got beautiful such a, laugh. Yeah, she's such a big laugh. Told yeah. me that oh she God. had 10. She had 10, yeah. Okay. She was 11. 11. She was 11 with me. Wow. Maybe one's, a, one's not so hard then. One's not so hard. <laughs> Two's not too bad at Two's all. Two's not too right. bad But they, you know, people with more kids, they often say like, once you've tipped like over three, they like yeah. kind of start to look after themselves almost, right? And the older ones, they can That's help true. with the younger ones. And so yeah. like in some ways, your your family yeah. is like your part, an extended community, right? Like Absolutely. it's You start to create that. Oh, we got to share what we have. And like with 11, 12 more people in the house, yeah. like every meal, when you think about it, is like, that's like a big effort because you're just, you're feeding a ton of people. I mean, COVID, yeah. COVID wouldn't be a lonely place if no, you were no, 11 no, or 12. No, 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 no. You would have been a billionaire. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, what's interesting with that is absolutely with family's involvement and um, in where I'm from, uh, having large families, now it's not so much. I think people yeah. cap off at like two or three or four. Right. Um, but families were involved. It's like the grandparents are having children yeah. again. Um, we were very close to our aunts and uncles, and I just don't. And really, like when you say, you know, it's really annoying. I roll my eyes, and I'm like, if it takes a village, it actually does. It like, does, yeah. And not just in Africa, but everywhere. Yeah, I think yeah. having, especially grandparents and um, extended families involvement is such a, again a core. Yeah, that makes um, so much connection. more sense for kids. Like, one, it's too much pressure and expectations to think like you as a mom can teach them how to sing and dance right. and do arithmetic yeah. and be a good person and like you know it, different people have different skills and like we can you know pass on what we're naturally good at but like if Finn wanted me to teach him how to to sing or whatever like it's that like, I would never be a teacher you know I'd be like you know, go, go see uh, Dean down the street that guy yeah. knows how to sing um, and we kind of have lost some of that mm -hmm. here like we were very um, like narrow with um, like how we see the collective and how we raise our families like even like with the idea of like old folks homes here you know mm -hmm. like um, you know having traveled through different countries they would diff different countries and, and cultures would kind of laugh at that idea that we'd put like our elders and all of our wi wisdom and all, all of this um, and we'd compartmentalize them into like 
a home where that's where they were separate from their family mm-hmm. yeah. um, and um, you know you kind of lose some of those perspectives growing up here in the West where that feels very normal um, but seeing it in different cultures it makes way more sense that these people that have lived and seen changes and and you know have all of these experiences that they should be the, the leaders of our communities you know and like mm-hmm. pass down Absolutely. that wisdom instead of you know, maybe seeing them, you know, every second Sunday for half an hour or whatever, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So for yourself, like, did, did you grow up with all of your brothers and sisters or were people kind of in and out of, of kind of your, your home hometown? Right. No, um, I did not grow up with all my siblings. Yeah. So my mother, um, so we all come from our mother. Yeah. And... Um, and I just, so for myself, um, I grew up with my, um, one of my sisters yeah. and uh, my, my grandparents. Is that your sister that's out here now? She's actually, she's in Kenya. Okay. My oldest sister. Okay. She basically raised me. Nice. Because I grew up with her. <laughs> yeah, shout out me. to Big Sis. Yeah, yeah, Big Sis Sophia. So she's, she has four boys now, like grown. I think and the youngest she, she's is 16. In Ke- she's in Kenya now? She's in Kenya. Cool. She came to Canada for a little bit and she said no. No, too, too cold. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> um, Which, okay, I just pause for a second. Like, yeah. I think that's a really important story to tell because like so often it's such a Western-centric mentality where like we are like, oh, you know, Canada and America, these westernized countries are like the best. Mm-hmm. We, we, we do it. We say, oh, everyone yeah. wants to come here. And I think that there are so many stories, but we don't hear them because no. people left. But I think it's really important for, for us, for myself, to hear like, you know, some people came here and they're like, yeah, it's okay, but I'm going back yeah. because right. it's better there. And I think it's a, it's a very, uh, it taps into everything, right? Like 2020 is a year where we're, we're doing a lot of unlearning and awareness yes. bringing. And I think it's just like, that's just a point not to interrupt, mm-hmm. but I think it's really important and like kudos to your sister. Oh yeah. And, and I think that's, a, that's such a, that's an important lesson for us to remember and to hear. It's like, in light of the whole conversation of how do we treat our our grandmas and grandpas, our elders, where we put them away. Like, there's a lot that we can do a lot better here. Mm-hmm. We are not the best. We've not arrived. <laughs> and I think it's really good for us to remember, like, people have come from other places that we would typically say are, like, it's more of a challenge to live there in a rural place in, you name it, Africa, the Middle East, wherever it might be. And then for someone to come and be like, Actually, I'm going to go back. Yeah. Like that's yeah. we need to hear those stories. Yeah. I'm I am seeing more friends moving back, um, specifically, you know, those that I know to Africa. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've I've had a lot of friends go back to Uganda actually wow. recently and start up a business there. Yeah. And I remember uh, recently, not recently. Everything is recent because <laughs> nothing's happened. <laughs> In 2004. Yeah. It was 2000. 19. Mm. Um, my Nokia Razor. What a year. It was one of the last gatherings, one, one of the few gatherings just before, I think it was February. My gosh. Um, so we, I was part of a panel uh, which was like looking at the new front, frontier with the UBC African uh, student bodies. And it's incredible. They flew some people in. Um, and they also brought some people that are involved in the community here. Um, and the whole idea was the new frontier, building that new frontier of, because the thought is like, oh, you, you go to Africa or wherever, you come up with this idea and you come here and the actual, um, one of the things we could, what you start, we're starting to see more of is getting back 
mm. you know, going back, especially if you're rooted from, you know, other places around the world. And uh, yeah, I've had friends um, who've lived in Canada for a long time, um, or have our students here uh, move back to Kenya, Uganda, um, and start their own businesses there. And it's really interesting because like there's all there's also involvement. Um, you could take some of the experiences here and apply, right? Yeah. Uh, so it goes both ways, and I think that's actually some of the new the new frontier. That's the new pro the new ways that we're gonna see that um, exchange. Back, back yeah. It. Yeah. It's not. It's it's not. I think it's an old mentality to think that, um, you know, you can't go back or go somewhere else right. to to build. Um, to build and, and, and grow and introduce something new. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see what Kula goes with that. Yeah. But it's really interesting and it's it's um it's inspirational to see that. Yeah. Um, I'm part of like a group called Afrovan Connect, and um, one of the people that are involved is, is in Uganda right now, and um, yeah, working with uh, youth and artists uh, to really build a community and build you know. A, right you know right in there with the community and young people in terms of music and mm. artistry and um, like I've seen food on his feet as well um, so yeah that's cool yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah we have to, I think we gotta take that switch off right and it, yeah they were so what's really cool is seeing the international students that are there with UBC mm -hmm. um, uh, during that panel uh, review and like look meeting all these incredible people um, it's like, oh, there is already like work in progress of, you know, even coming, you know, abroad to study and to really see what else, you know, what are the processes and like kind of taking on some of that culture as well. Yeah. Um, and bringing it home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, so I guess just kind of jumping back mm -hmm. and forth because that's just what we're going to do. Today. Yeah. We're gonna it's go conversation. To, yeah. Past, right. past, future, yeah. present. We'll get to the future in a yeah. bit. Um, so you've got some of your family here, some of them in Toronto, some of them in Kenya, um, and you launched your, your Kula Food originally with, with some pop-ups, and now kind of bringing everybody up to speed, you've, you kind of evolved the business so that you've got um, these, these packaged meals, you know, different varieties of, of, of frozen foods and some fresh foods, um, you know, you're hustling everywhere at farmer's markets. I couldn't go to a farmer's market without seeing you. I'm like, oh, I was just at that sure, one. Yeah, how, yeah. how are you at all these farmers markets? And um, you've you've now evolved your website so that you're you're not only just offering Kula Foods, uh, your own your own brand, but you're you've become kind of this hub, this kind of champion for um, you know different BIPOC foods um, from you know whether Africa or India or you know different regions. So. Um, can you kind of talk about this evolution right. um, for your business that went from you know your product to now being this kind of hub for amazing BIPOC food from amazing artisans um, around the Lower Mainland? Yeah, um, again, that's that community connection. I yeah. think um, we, you know, I had no idea what where we, were, we knew where we were starting, but I had no idea what yeah. that journey is. It's yeah. just like we're making up as we go. Farmers yeah. Market was a no-brainer. And yeah. I think it was like, uh, I can't help but couch and bake, like, and so we decided to like, you know, introduce to the grassroots, which is, yeah. I believe, the farmers and, the, and you know, the producers that mm -hmm. are local. And so we did that the first year, two years. And um, you're just so, so people can have a visualization, like, we go to like every farmer's market, 
And literally, you were like working every farmer's market. Yeah. But not only like had you started a business, you also had uh, a toddler and mm-hmm. a newborn. Right. All right. Did you have a newborn? I was pregnant. Yeah, I, was, I remember I was pregnant when we started. Pregnant when you started. So with you, Luca. So usually when we'd see you, you'd either have one or two kids <laughs> strapped to you, and you would be like setting up your tent, and oh you'd gosh. be like handing out all the samples. Or Seth like showing up to set everything up because it's a hustle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, It's yeah. a real hustle. When, pe- when you go out to a farmer's market, please do not leave empty-handed because the person showed up, especially in Vancouver weather in the winter. Yeah. It's raining and... You know, there's some days where you walk away with like, <laughs> <laughs> I netted nothing. But yeah, yeah. Um, again, it's also seeing, you know, the familiar faces of other producers. Um, but yeah, speaking with uh, BIPOC and not only BIPOC, but like we wanted for myself as a small business, one of the biggest challenge was getting into spaces, um, local spaces. And uh, the largest barrier, especially as, you know, producing ethnic food is like, that over explaining or um, mm-hmm. it's so not familiar mm-hmm. uh, to every the market uh, overall um, so that's the challenge and, and then like, when you have to explain what what it is and the why and then maybe it's not the right the right space it can really wear you down and yeah. so I would have these conversations and as a small business uh, entrepreneur you meet all the other, you know, uh, entrepreneurs that we are, we are all facing. Like, it doesn't really matter where you're coming from. There's going to be a challenge, you know, to, and we're all fighting for, to create that space and, yeah. or find, or put yourself in a space. And, um, and so one of the things that really um, stood out for me is like from these conversations, I would hear the challenge of um, introducing food from around the world. Um, is even an additional barrier. Having to educate people on yeah. what, what this is. What this is. You know, even like describing, res- uh, not recipes, but ingredients, mm-hmm. the spices used. Um, like for myself, stews. Like I had to like, and it's, it's really great because we went to farmer's markets to really talk about the stories. We wanted to connect to the market and see the people. And these people are still with us uh, now. Um, and they've seen the, how we've evolved. But at that stage, I definitely, I would see the barriers of having to over-explain. Yeah. Mm. Right? We wanted to spend more time on the stories. Yeah. Right? And so, um, during the pivot, COVID really was was it. I remember um, we were away in Mexico just to spend some time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. literally went just before the shutdown. Oh, man. And we were in Mexico and family, everyone's calling us, what's going on, what's going on? <laughs> you need to come back. And so we were like, oh, everything was fine. And then we, we started getting nervous towards the end. But everything worked out. We, we got back. and But also made that decision to, you know, you have to quarantine. So we quarantined for the, the 14 days. Um, and during that time, I was just like, I think I've been like skirting around the idea of A, launching online services, like meal prep services, um, and around like sharing. So we... I've been wanting to like create more family style uh, meal prep services that can be enjoyed by a person uh, over a couple of days or share with their loved ones. And I was like, okay, one of the first things I'm like, maybe we'll like create, we'll get like grocery items and people can prepare for themselves or, and then it like, I landed on, let's start with like, you know, two servings, 
and the other thing is affordability and accessibility is such a big thing. Yeah. Um, I care about that a lot. I think everyone should have access to healthy plant-based foods. Um, and it is, it is accessible. It's just that, you know, there's this thought of like plant-based being non-accessible, you know, and, but if you really go whole foods, lentils, vegetables are way more accessible than meat mm -hmm. and dairy. Of course, that there's processing that occurs, the cost is gonna be higher. Um, so that was one of the, the layers that really like drove me and I said, okay, we're gonna make this affordable. Um, and you know, the larger the amount of your preparation, it really cuts down on the cost. So that allowed, allowed us to do that. The second was, okay, we're, we're going to work with like number two vegetables. So these are vegetables that are not perfect, but they're right. perfect. Yeah, um, it tastes perfect. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Imperfectly perfect. Yeah. It tastes just fine. But sometimes sometimes we get cucumbers that look mm -hmm. more like seeds yeah. than perfectly straight lines. And they're it's like, but that's what it's supposed to look right. like. Yeah. We we think it's supposed to be perfectly straight. Yes. But it's it like, no, if you've actually be. been to a farm and looked at these vegetables. It's right? It's like we judge our veggies like we judge other people, you know? Yeah. Like, we need no, to stop that. Put everything in this everything box. Everything is like visualized and grocery grocery stores waste a lot. Uh, or like um, I just oh, yeah. found out about a company that takes vegetables that are not uh, sellable at, at a grocery level and uh, distribute that to um, uh, other producers. Yeah. And so I was working with one company, um, yeah, Discovery Organics sold us a lot of number twos. Um, and eventually we just like figured out how to produce in a way that was affordable um, while still maintaining, there's still a cost of, you know, everything else, including labor. Um, so we launched our online um, um, platform to not only sell packaged goods, really like, I would say that's the launch of our online platform, period. Okay. Um, and so we started offering uh, meal delivery services and pickups uh, as a pivot through COVID. Yeah. And then, you know, the second layer was, oh, okay, we have so many incredible, like, it was really sad because I work, I work um, uh, we work out of a, a commissary to look around and see all the businesses that are shutting down. Um, and it's, it's, it's so close to home, right? Mm -hmm. You can't help but, but feel it. I mean, I have one of my really close friends, Chris from Elbow Patties, actually like shut down his business. And not to tell his story, but one of the biggest challenge for him was actually that barrier to entry, mm -hmm. to be able to wholesale and you know get to the market. Um, and so like, yeah, this came up with like, let's, let's start selling a couple of your stuff. And uh, that was amazing and the response was great. And then we just started adding a bunch of our friends who offer yeah. plant-based yeah. uh, ingredients and foods. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's where it kicks off. And I'm like, I'm really inspired to continue that. Um, and then to also have create that accessibility where it can, it can be deli delivered to you right. and it's not a singular company that you're looking at. You can try, you know, baked goods. You can have, you know, whole foods. You can have some processed foods. Um, but at the, at the same time, it's not going to like cost you an arm and a leg to get that. Um, but yeah, it feels really good to do that. Yeah. And yeah, we're, we're going to continue growing it. I think that's kind of in some ways we're continuing our partnerships with other producers um, and those that have spaces uh, but also like creating your own right so creating your own virtual space and yeah. this is where with as BIPOC and specifically black owned businesses I'm really interested in um, sharing some of that rich offerings 
Um, and so yeah, I'm always looking out for, and you don't have to be a plant-based company. I think offering, it, the, way, the best way to encourage more people to create more plant-based mm -hmm. is to buy the plant-based uh, foods. And so, yeah, I think there are more of us joining. Um, I'm really excited because I think, I think this is the shop, our shop that we would be doing you know, virtually. I don't have to pay for space. Right. It's, it's your physical store it's, on the internet. Yeah. yeah. It's, the, the, it's our virtual space. On, yeah. You know. It's beautiful. It's, it's so really cool. And it just, it's not that much effort. And like, and it's what's really awesome is like, it feels like it's not Asha's Kula, right? So it's like, it's, it's all of ours. And representing yeah. all these, yeah, these cultures and people. Yeah. But I think it's so awesome because like, just even throughout our conversation, a handful of times already you've talked about community mm -hmm. right and even the way you guys met yeah right through like this kind of like kids hanging out and then your invitation like hey come let, let's share a meal so it's like it's food for sure it's yes. the food that's your business but behind it is like this driving sense that i just get from you that like community like food might be the excuse to create community yes and even your family right like all these people spread out and it's like this sense of community on a larger scale but then to leverage like your business and the brand that you're building and recognize man that it's difficult to access these traditional like methods of getting in maybe because of our ingredients maybe because of like the foods or cultures we represent whatever the barrier is there are barriers mm -hmm. and then for you to say it's not just about Kula getting the spot but how can we bring others along with yes. us like to me I just that lights me up because I'm looking at it going okay, yeah, you're like, you're working, you're hustling to make a, a, your business a success, but like, a, as much as you're hustling for that, you're like bringing others along with you. And that, I love that, because I always, in my own life, try to say like, okay, if I, if I have access somewhere, if I have privilege or whatever, who can I, who can I like afford that to, or bring along with me? Like, I love being able to see other people succeed. And like hearing you share about how it's it's like cool, but it's it's everybody's. It's like, everybody's. It's, uh, I love that. Yeah, and it, it feels so good. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I love Juice Truck is like having that community space. Um, so I remember walking, and I'm like, wow, that is brilliant. You know, to to be able to bring people in, and and it was, and it's not just with Kula. I've seen I've seen others, you know, being brought in, you know, by yourself and Ryan and. Um, just effortlessly, right? Mm. We've always shared that value of being yeah. a community, collaborative, you know, collectively driven business. And For sure. That's probably why we, we get along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus our um, kids. Yeah, the kids as well help. <laughs> but I think, I think that's what it is. Even, okay, so now we're thinking of how we have these spaces, right? Yeah. Um, and in, in the past, we would look for these, like, like going to a restaurant, you know, fancy, like Michelin style, like, restaurant that has everything and you could you could see you know over let's say 70 people um but it's 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 just singular you know and you get that one company um what i'm really curious to see more of are you know brands like different companies and foods food companies uh sharing space i think there's one one that is on union and main area yeah where you have a day and night experience Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, that. like, commissaries really, like, speak to the heart. I'm a coho commissary, which they have, like, a cafe in the front. And then in the back, it's all the producers. Right. But then they took it up a notch, and they are carrying 
the products, you know, the, the producers' products, in the, which yeah. is right in there. And I've had so many interesting conversations and just to even be able to step out from the back and, and see yeah. someone and... Um, well, it's like that. It's like that farmers market connection, right? right? So someone can order the food, and then literally, like you and your team who are back there making it are right mm -hmm. there. They're right, right there. Like there's yeah, no. Right there. That's really cool. It's, it's really cool, and it's like, how do you utilize these spaces that mm -hmm. holds more and than just one? And then it does take a lot of pressure off, right? Yeah. Um, and for myself, it's like takes the pressure off. You know, if I'm thinking on a, on a selfish uh, level. I don't have to produce. I don't. I don't make patties. Yeah. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't blend the spices like the Indian pantry does. I don't. I don't make bannock. Um, oh, I'm dying to try that bannock. So good. I gotta order it. And but, she has so many different ones. I can't wait to introduce that, more. That's amazing. And like, what's great is like the heart of it is that Jillian from um, Métis Bannock um, donates. All the proceeds go right to you know different organizations. Wow. Um, this is like this is her gig to just be able to give back to our community. That's awesome. Um, and so yeah, why would that's so? There's so much richness in that, right? Yeah. And I think I think that's getting away from that scarcity mentality to yeah. the abundance that's around us. And right. I think that's an important we have, lesson. Yeah, having those connections is such a like you can call someone not to just ask for something, but like yeah. in terms of being part of that food producer community, is you can really you know, speak it out. And if you have a question, you could ask those questions. Like you've, you've listened to me quite a lot. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of our way to connect that way. I know Kula recently has uh, with BLM, um, I, I want to call it pre-awareness. I think yeah. it's like, we're not quite there. Um, but there was this like need to purchase. And like, it, I was so overwhelmed that the first, from like Blackout Tuesday for those first month really. Um, and you know, in in North America, in our culture here, we're so reactive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I saw that, and it was like, okay, awesome. <laughs> like, so yeah, wow. what, what was that like? It was overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember. So, I think being there's another part of being plant based, um, but also Afrocentric that made us stand out and in a singular form. And it felt it's great, but it didn't it didn't really sit well for us. And I, because I know there are other people that are, you know, doing their thing mm. um, that could you know get that you know light on them. And we started getting these tags. Um, well, go check out Kula. Go check out Kula. Um, I think we're just so socially out there in terms of sharing yeah. uh, that it was so easy. Right. And so I just started compiling a list of black-owned businesses that I knew of. And I knew quite a lot. And then like other people started chiming in on Instagram and it became like, I think it's now over 200 people wow. that were listed. And that was like, I think the reaction of that was so overwhelming because we were getting messages that I, I never <laughs> knew you could in a day, um, including like sales went off. Like it was just, it was, and thinking COVID, it was like myself and one, one other person <laughs> in the kitchen. Yeah. So beyond overwhelmed yeah. and um, while I'm very social I'm also an introvert so it was like it was just out of my you know realm and it was just getting back to the community and the people just other friends reached out and um, we would talk it through uh, and and then like just seeing some of the companies like especially being hit so hard with COVID 
um, seeing some of the, the differences and being recognized, being seen. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what it is. Uh, for myself, I think one of the differences I've seen is just to be seen for what it is that we're doing right. or trying to accomplish. And that's kind of what I'm hearing more and more of. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's kind of what's dri driving us also to highlight some of our friends. Yeah. Um, so that we're not taking the shine and be like, oh yeah, it's, check, yeah. check us out again. Yeah. <laughs> How much more stew do you want? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. I want, I want all the stew. That's yeah. boring. But that, but see, again, like I think that's that's such a, a important thing to highlight about you is like it's a different mentality than like, well, here's thought of me first. Then. Yeah, here's yeah. the opportunity for me to really capitalize on you know this this growing awareness amongst like at least in the lower mainland here like the awareness of your business, right. um, uh, awareness of like BIPOC ownership or black owned businesses, and that you could really leverage that mm -hmm. for your own good, mm -hmm. but for you to immediately say, but wait, 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 there's look at all of these others and to like take the spotlight and shine it. Yeah, like that's just so beautiful, and I think that those are the kind of things where, like more than any. Um, investment into your business like that is the most important kind of investment you're making because you're showing that it's authentically bigger right. than just you know s selling your product and making a name for yourself but but mom perhaps momentarily but saying no let's play the long game here and let's elevate like all of us because just like your website how you've you know like you know saying shine the light on on a large group of, of people creating business. Same thing with Black Lives, the, the BLM. I don't know if call it a movement or, or what, um, but this this time of, of, of BLM that was much overdue, um, you get this attention that you mentioned and all of a sudden you flip it instead of just being on yourself into 200 businesses. Mm -hmm. And um, like that was the most shared thing I've ever seen like yeah I've never seen that in terms of our channel being able to share that and I mean I think it tells you something that we we do want to learn and yeah. you know, we want to be connected that way and perhaps it's just like being able to have that resource um, and now like seeing companies like Yelp actually have sections that highlight some of these black owned businesses BIPOC businesses yeah. and they took it up a notch right um, and so yeah, that was wild. Yeah. <laughs> was just like, wow. And yeah, it really took a long time to respond to a lot of these messages. Yeah, um, yeah you're, you're too busy like making the food. I, I, food, did, I did make some more stew. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. It also like highlights the gap, I think. The gap, that's, right? yes. Where it's like, it's, it's new knowledge that there are all of these businesses out there that most people, many people, like I, I myself, like hadn't heard of a lot of them, right? Yeah. And I think earlier you were speaking about like the boundaries or the barriers in getting, you know, these products into maybe more typical like grocery store or, um, you know, retail spaces yes. to all of a sudden be like, it's not like five or six, there's literally 200 and growing. Yeah. And so how come there's, how come there's such a gap in in these businesses that exist are out there offering high quality product, good food, whatever it might be that the business is, and not us as a general population not having exposure to them. And why is that? Like it brings up that bigger question, like yeah. why are these businesses not represented in you know the grocery store that's down the street from me, mm -hmm. right? And I yeah. think that for us we need to, it's, it's again, it's like that learning and unlearning piece where we need to start asking the, the question beyond 
the question, right? Yes, and that's just not just food or you know groceries. I think it's that representation of everything, you know. Even spices like, and stuff. Spices. Like you go, you go to a grocery store and like, I remember like. You know, after one of our, our first meals, that um, you know, wanting to like make a stew like the stew you made, and I went to the grocery store, and like none of the spices we talked about were there. Like, it's not even right. accessible yeah. to 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 cook at home if the grocery stores are excluding, um, you know, these incredible foods that are traditionally used to, to make these meals. So I think like right, for sure. even from like a basic ingredient space, like mm-hmm. we need to see. Um, like we talk about how we, we judge vegetables, but like we're, you know, we're very narrow in what we perceive, like if we're gonna go, like, you know, even speaking of collards, like you go to a Safeway, you know, you, I'm gonna get my greens. It's typically like spinach, mm-hmm. maybe kale, you know, yeah. like. Um, romaine lettuce. Romaine lettuce, <laughs> I, iceberg Swiss lettuce, army. you know, like. Yeah, maybe if you're lucky. Swiss chard, maybe. Yeah. So we, we, we need to like grow in so many ways right. and evolve in so many ways yeah. that um, like we need to even be much more inclusive to the offerings, which has like a great trickle down effect. Like then if you're if you're supporting diversity in vegetables, you're probably supporting farmers that are not, you know, as focused on monoculture yes. um, and are like growing in a sustainable way mm-hmm. if they're not just growing like romaine lettuce right um so like supporting you know the trickle down of like buying cooler food can trickle down all the way to what we hopefully see at our grocery store and Mm -hmm. and, you know seeing a a broader picture of inclusivity and accessibility and yeah um well and like food food is like the gateway to that awareness right because so so actually you talked about like the ways that people can order the meal to make for themselves or their family and so that's great and then but like what if next time they say oh i'll just run to the grocery store and then they encounter the reality like oh these things just aren't like readily accessible <laughs> like at my whatever yeah. whatever it would be right like yeah you know whether it's a uh, save on or whole foods of safe mm-hmm. wherever we do our shopping to say oh these things aren't here like again it triggers the awareness of like okay representation and what's available what's accessible Right. And to, so I think that like the more people that are trying these foods and being like, oh man, these are delicious. Mm-hmm. I want to try to like remake it or get it again or whatever and encounter that those things aren't in the traditional space of where we would go for groceries. Like it says something about, you know, our, our culture and like the education behind it. This is a, this is what are appropriate acceptable vegetables. These are like the normal spices for cooking, and it's like cinnamon, nutmeg, <laughs> vanilla, pepper. <laughs> yeah, 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 cumin, cumin powder. right? Or the, what's the what's the, the um, Italian seasoning? Oh like if you're going to be really yes. adventurous. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, I have a whole thought to that, and even just like the international aisle, walk through it, and uh, like you see Mexican, Mexican, yeah, quote yeah. Unquote. Um, ingredients and I'm like oh president's choice <laughs> yeah. it's cool yeah. um, and I have one of our uh, team members is from Mexico and she like she's really connected to her her culture and uh, we, we have such great discussions about that and it's like we, we we almost like assume this is just like the richness of it but there's so much more and what's amazing is like I, I love companies like Farafina who offer um, superfoods, superfood ingredients, 
like Fonia, which you can't really find here. You know, it's from Mali and Malawi, and um, they're really high in nutrients, and they're also, as, as you said, sustainable. Mm -hmm. So the way they work, you know, they work. They're a social enterprise. They work with over like eight hundred far uh, farmers who are women, awesome. and so there's a whole story of like um, the relationship to agriculture and women, yeah. uh, women's involvement, which is led by that by you know predominantly femmes and like there's so much richness in, in that culture you know and around the world not just in Africa that we're so not aware of mm -hmm. and, and not to judge us for not being aware of it right. but there is so much more to discover and we're just like a small bit of it you know in North America mm -hmm. and uh, what's really awesome is like people are bringing all their you know why wouldn't we have them in the grocery store why wouldn't we have a more expanded uh, sections that really do honor the producers that are you know centered or you know are connected yeah. and rooted to what comes out and so I think I do think that um, as we continue as as uh, consumers challenge restaurants and grocery chains and um, yeah our local communities to to stay local but also look at what's out there and mm -hmm. really honor uh, producers for their connection and yeah. not just like you know big box names like pres President's Choice uh, creating salsa yeah <laughs> <laughs> which I'm definitely guilty of having had purchased yeah. because that was accessible um, but yeah I mean it doesn't hurt to have more diversity true diversity in our offerings yes um, and I definitely will never make Bannock as under Kula um, I will not, you know, call certain spices mine. Right. Um, but it's it's really awesome to to be able to like like I I have so many great conversations around Indian cuisine and the Silk Road and the history and like how does that connect to Africa? Mm -hmm. Because like I discovered that connection through high school and meeting friends from different parts of the world and then like we'd have these foods for lunch and and then like discovering chapati it was it's not just Kenyan food you know it's like what is <laughs> yeah. And, and Kenya is very interesting because, like, it's diverse in its own. And it does take on uh, history of, like, the people that, you know, were, um, you know, were involved or traveled, um, including those from India. Mm -hmm. uh, and hence, like, some of the foods can be reminded um, to people, you know, it can really resonate. And so, yeah, I, we, like, nerd out about this all day. Yeah. But I want to see more people, uh, more foods and offerings um, that really honors uh, you know, ancestors of the people that are introducing it. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, but it's super cool. Uh, totally, you know, those inspirations come from, you know, spaces like Juice Truck has held, uh, where you're not just like holding space for yourself, but holding space for those around you. And mm -hmm. we're not just looking at BIPOC businesses. Uh, you know, we're, we're definitely going to be carrying some of our, we are already, but also adding more of our favorite brands that I, you know, we enjoy for ourselves yeah. uh, and sharing that. And I often get asked, like, for those that are non-vegans or um, are curious, uh, where, did you, where do you get this? What is this? Why does it taste like eggs? <laughs> Let's not come get, get into my square here. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I think that's the other part is, like, knowing there are some, like, using certain spices uh, will alter your the taste of your food and like what it is like chickpea is not just the chickpea you can get chickpea flour that can get you this you can get you can make omelets my favorite chickpea omelet right 
So good. Shiny seasoning. Shiny yeah. seasoning with the chickpea omelet. It's yeah. amazing. It's a game changer. Black salt. Like there's so oh, many yeah. ingredients that like we have no we have no idea, yeah. but it is around us and yeah. it does come from other cultures yeah. that have you know discovered that and how to use it. So I think just opening our minds to try yeah. new things totally uh, really helps and it's it just it it, it serves us the yeah. most. So with having this this platform for mm-hmm. for plant based foods, what what got you on the plant based path to start with? Um, so after I met Seth, uh, his, um, Seth's brother Caleb and his mom were long-term vegans. Um, Caleb was actually an activist uh, who worked with um, you know, big organizations like PETA. And um, yeah, I think the, previous to that, I, I definitely was curious uh, and I was vegetarian for a while. Um, and I did not continue because I, I think I lost that. I didn't have that connection yeah. in terms of why I was doing that beyond like I was having some health issues. Yeah. And secondly, I just didn't understand in terms of um, what was in front of me, uh, what I could eat. The uh, plant-based options were not, you know, again, air quote, were not available. Like yeah. in terms of you had tofu, which was so bland. Like yeah. I remember the first time I had tofu, I was like, no. <laughs> For yeah. someone who loves spices, this is like, no, I can't do this. But, you know, um, I so meeting Seth um, after moving here was an eye opener because I remember the first Christmas where um, I got to like, you know, contribute to our dinners. Um, and it was like, you know, some of our, I, don't, I always go to stews and breads and that's what I did. And uh, it was using everything that, like the spices that I was used to, yeah. uh, which was plant-based. And I think it was like really observing the way his family like really treated everyone, um, including animals and just the, the discussions around the table. Um, it wasn't forced in any way. Mm-hmm. And not all of the family members are vegans, but I think those two really stood out for me. Um, I think having, you know, giving birth to our, our first, Hallie, um, Halima, was was eye-opening for myself because yeah, you start thinking about what you're going to feed your child. And, and then, you know, as a new mom, I researched everything yeah. that I probably didn't need to research, but I did. Yeah. And um, I definitely had a strong feeling around not giving her animal products. And um, I think it was, the wheels were already turning for me. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's being connected to, like, your impact and then what you're putting in your body um, yeah. and then what you're outputting. So in some ways, it's kind of a spiritual essence of it. But I think it's like, I think at the end of the day, I think having children, being a new mom, that was uh, a very eye-opening moment mm. of, okay, so if I, if I don't want to introduce, introduce it to her, why do I need to consume? Yeah, right. <laughs> right? And I think having those resources in the community yeah. um, around and having those discussions where you can learn. Yeah. Um, made it so easy totally yeah well Well, i was gonna say it's so interesting because like we're all parents Mm -hmm. in the room and it's like anyone who's listening that is a parent you know exactly it's like you you would do anything for your kids and you want to do the best by them with the knowledge and the resources that you have available and so it's interesting that as we start thinking about like what's the best thing what's the best start i can give to my kids Mm -hmm. And he comes back to like, okay, well, what are the things I'm feeding them? And it's like, oh, and they love all the little like salty, crackery right, snacks. Right. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's like, they got to be kids. They gotta, but ultimately you're like, what are, what are the best 
things that like I can give you and like nutrition is mm -hmm. it's foundational to everything yeah. right and it's like oh if I don't want to eat this because I know where it's come from or da, 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 like why would I want to give it to my kids so yeah but also not Forcing them, right? And no, no, definitely. But <laughs> as my wife hey, says, she's sometimes vegan. Hal yeah. Halima goes like, "Is it vegan? It's not vegan." Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Finn was explaining to his grandma yesterday mm -hmm. why eggs are bad. He's like, yeah. "Eggs like it comes from a chicken's butt. Why would you, <laughs> yeah. why would you eat that? Butt, yeah. I love it's it. gross." I love it. My no, mother-in-law no, told me a story. Yeah. They were at they were at the grocery store. And then she put like sandwich meat or something, right? Then in the grocery cart and my my youngest joelle was like no grandma we can't get that like it's not vegan or something and and she like doesn't even really know right she just knows that like dad doesn't yeah, yeah, eat meat yeah, and yeah. my wife is like very very limited yeah. right in that sense yeah. but it's so funny there yeah my mother-in-law was like what it's are hilarious. you doing to these kids it's hilarious having those conversations right? yeah especially when like all of the cartoons <laughs> and books that they're like watching and As, reading consuming are all yeah. like you know friendly animals it's like a big disconnect to be mm -hmm. like, okay, those animals that you, you know, you love the stuffed animals and you love the cartoons and you love the books, but like, let's, uh, let's have them for dinner. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, it, there's a disconnect there. And, yeah. Um, and well, you know, I think one of the questions I come up with is like, oh, you're forcing your, no, well you made it, whether you're introducing plant-based only or, or, uh, animals to your ch child, you're not giving them the option, right? As yeah. a parent, um, you make those decisions. And one day, they might decide. Totally. I'm I'm gonna eat this, and I'm sure they will at some point yeah. try. Um, so we, we don't really get stressed over this, um, but at this time, this is what it is, and we have those conversations and as you know, with the child as much as you can. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really light. It's um, it's interesting though. I think how my, my um, our our oldest is very vocal and very uh, social and like. She's very observant. She's actually. a future activist for sure. <laughs> Can see her I don't know about Luca yet. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Hallie is definitely like, she wants to know a lot. She wants to, she's very curious. And it's a curious stage of like wanting why and why this. And then uh, she'll say it. Like she'll, I've heard her talk about it. Yeah. Um, she's, she still doesn't grasp, obviously, the full extent of it. But I think, yeah, for now, this is what it is. I, you know, I was I was introduced to Islam um, at a very uh, since I was born, um, and it was part of my learnings. Uh, you know, going to um, a Quran school on top of you know a regular education was was part of um, it's part of the culture too. But it's like understanding and our, my parents' way of you know my mom's way and my grandparents' way of like um, teaching and connecting us to who they are as well and. Um, that spiritual sense and so um, I think that's incredible it's rich and like I learned a lot of good things and I think some of those values we build and that's what it is at mm -hmm. the end of the day you know for us uh, plant-based and community and kindness um, and respect and like I, I definitely think there's going to be introductions to the religion I'm not religious neither is Seth um, but there's so many great learnings from from you know uh, all those teachings yeah. uh, and there are things you could take from there and so they'll take some of what we have and you know resonate with them and some things will not <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah so looking you know looking into the future where do you think like you know COVID's gonna hopefully come and go and we can yeah. you know get back to some normalcy um where do you see Kula continuing to to grow and evolve and um 
let's let's say we're sitting down here in 2022. Mm, we're talking about Kula. Where where do you where do you see the business continuing it's a great to question. go? Um, definitely, obviously centered in community. Uh, yeah. So no matter what we're doing, it's it's going to be centered to community. I you know I'm like. Um, I'm dreaming about spaces um, yeah. and what that means, and so I don't have anything clear right now. I'm loving the shops. Um, I do love a, everything about low waste. Can't say zero waste because I don't think there's such thing. Yeah. <laughs> but like, how do we? Um, when I think when I say low waste, it's like how do you utilize space um, to hold more than just one? Yeah. Um, so I'm really curious and uh, see where that takes us. I think partnerships um, can't do this alone. There's no like way of I'm going to just get it out there and no, my learnings as still a young business and entrepreneur is that um, these partnerships will be the extent of it. And so we were hoping to, you know, continue growing um, our community through, you know, uh, BC um, and national and hopefully international worldwide. Yeah. Um, But yeah, two years from now, I I definitely think uh, it's just like um, my, my, hope and dream is that it just continues amplifying um, and there's been some great impacts and um, there's that center of community and perhaps it's like you're starting to see more not not just Kula but more of uh, these lo- local brands um, yeah. and having and I've seen some of the impact not to like take on to say we did this but like I you know um, I'm where I've made it more of a practice to call out those feelings and especially with potential partners um, uh, when I say partners, I'm talking about spaces that are carrying uh, local products to carry more than just us, and um, and just asking those questions, and then you know creating that space so that it's not the door doesn't close behind us. Mm. Um, and I think I think most businesses that's I, I want to say that's the goal, but like we often get so centered into our own our own like focus and as a small business and entrepreneurs like there's so many things that come with that so i think it's like really staying spiritually connected to like the main goal which is like to build continue building that community around uh sharing caring kindness Hmm. uh yeah uh two years from now where, where are you I don't know. I think uh, I'm gonna be on some Kula retreat <laughs> in Kenya, oh, man. eating yes. some food from yes, from that, my family. That. I cannot wait. That's to where I want to be in two years. That's basically it. We talked about this. So yeah, I think that's that's what I'm really. Yeah, we've had to cancel or cancel some plans. So I'm, I'm ready for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Food. Real, real the the Kula in its homeland. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dean, you coming? I'm in. We yeah. I was very fortunate. Uh, my wife and I, before we had kids, we traveled uh, through East Africa. Okay. And um, we went and took a couple nights over on Zanzibar, and it's like a resorty kind of place, but like amazing history. Yes. And then one thing that we, you know, from the place that we were staying, they said, oh, there's this like really cool spice like farm you can go see and I was like well let's do it like it's why not when are we ever gonna go back and so they toured us around this huge farm and it was awesome because I didn't even know it at the time but looking back it's like the biodiversity that like the knowledge that is held it was amazing because when you drive up it just I was like oh this is a farm it's like a forest we're just in a forest and then these two young guys like took us around and you're literally in this forest but they would be like oh over here this is where we're growing this 
And it was incredible because it was just in with everything. But like we ate spices, cardamom yes. and black pepper, like mm-hmm. off the tree or like as it was growing. Oof. And you have not. I can't imagine. I don't even know what no, that's like. Like yeah. you have not tasted no. the actual spice until you've like literally had it like crushed and then you're like sampling it. It blew my, like pepper. Yeah. I was like, I thought I knew what black pepper, like you, you fresh ground, would you like some fresh ground <laughs> pepper on your whatever? <laughs> That's right. right. I thought I knew what fresh ground pepper tasted like until I had it there. Right. And I was like, this is like a completely different flavor. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, yeah. now granted we have to package them and ship them around the world. And so that does lose some of that freshness, but there, if it happens, oh my goodness, if right? I can be there, I want to be there. Yeah. I mean, like my senses are going for that, I just the pepper. Oh, well, honestly. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. when you were talking about it earlier, like the smells and you know, how you'd have, I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. took me back there. Yeah. One of the coolest experiences I've ever been afforded really was to go there and do that. Amazing. And yeah. Oh, cool is there anything, any other questions you had, Dean, or anything else that you wanted to... I have nothing else. <laughs> I feel like I was going on another Well, I thought just in, like, true Asha fashion before we wrap yeah. it up. If there's, um, because you're the master elevator, you're master light shiner, did you want to give some shout-outs to some of the um, yeah. companies that uh, you're working with? And, um, yes, this is yeah. what I love. Yeah. <laughs> who, who are you excited I about? I just, like... You know, I, well, I guess I'm doing that. It's like selling. It's so great to just like talk about it. the Indian pantry. So when I think of spices and like there, you know, the spices are ground, uh, you know, from India and they also do it here. Um, Chef Tushar and his partners have this business. And like, I think that's another way of kicking off. We have these conversations of like what, you know, the, the Silk Road and that connection of um India to Africa and like the history behind that is incredible. We actually were planning to do a pop-up that it's a whole story of how we met. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Indian pantry, shout out to them. Where, um, where are they at? They are, we are, we're in the same kitchen. Okay. They're okay. here and that... they're a newer company. They do catering also. Uh, they have a lot of plant-based options, uh, like really high-end like catering. Uh, so mm. learning a lot about plating through Tushar, um, but also like so their chai spice. Have you tried the chai spice? No, I, need I to don't try know how it. I didn't bring the samples. Chai spice, um, the garam masala, and the Malvani spice, and they have like everything you could think of. But you can it. like you could smell like when we when they're um, preparing some of the spices, the whole kitchen is like Ooh, heavenly. Yeah. Uh, but their chai chai spice is by far the best. Okay. The, heat, the heat is there. You know, it, it doesn't lose it from. I I have that with uh, sea moss. Oh, so yeah. sea moss from rich soul foods. Um, yeah. I don't use. I don't really drink black tea anymore. And you can make a latte with that. The smoothies, um, what, for sure. What's the sea moss? I've heard so much. About the sea yeah. moss. <laughs> I'll tell you about that. It's yeah, a <laughs> superfood. You know, from the sea. Um, it is like a seaweed that, ha- like, it takes so many magical forms from a gel. And I think there's a powder coming out. Um, so currently we sell their gels, um, and Akeem is a whole star on his own. Yes. He has a huge following around health okay. and like almost, um, uh, what's, what's it called? Uh, oh my gosh, my brain is just going now. Um, but yeah, like really rich in like uh, whole foods, um, movement and wellness and like that spiritual sense of that connection. He's amazing. really I feel like he's your partner in like Afro-vegan. Yeah, program. I would say him. Uh, definitely Dora. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely inspiring. Oh yeah. Sometimes when I feel like if I'm just feeling down or whatever, I just 
look at his like Instagram and like yeah. <laughs> watch a few clips. I'm like, this guy. His smile will charge everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah so so connected. Yeah. So um, yeah, CMOS from 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 uh, Rich Soul Foods, and we are definitely going to be expanding into that. Yeah. So oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to recreate this recipe that he has of uh, uh, chocolate mousse with the sea moss. So mm. it's it's all about like having those great tastes, but keeping the nutritional aspects of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and like for someone who's like sea moss, yes. and you're like, well, eat it. It's like chocolate mousse. It's, yeah, yeah. It's an easy bridge easy. into like getting so these easy. foods in. Yeah, 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 or just like add it into anything which you can't really taste the actual. Um, but he has way more than that. But we have that um, also on our shop. Um, uh, Métis Bannock, uh, founded by Jillian, who is an incredible human being, who's doing this out of you know, you know, their their own, her own time, and um, she has one other person that's support, supporting her through this. But she uh, all proceeds of sales go uh, to you know different foundations. It was the Hogan's Alley, and I think it's Unya Youth now. Um, and yeah, I'm really, I'm really uh, grateful for for that opportunity to be working with her. Elbow patties, the best patties you'll get. Uh, way more vegan uh, options coming out. Nice. Um, we, sh- we it's actually my kitchen mate, so like we have space that we share, and um, yeah, is my best friend. So Chris is incredible. Um, he also has like plantain chips, and again, it's that he honors his culture. Uh, my gosh, what else do I have? Oh. Um, Sweet and sassy uh, patisserie. Uh, so we've got. Um, have you tried? Uh, oh yeah. Have you tried? <laughs> have you tried the croissant? No, I we, thought you were gonna say we're that. We're selling the croissant. I didn't, even, I didn't even know she was making croissants. And like, Oof. incredible. You know, she's amazing. Hungry. Yeah, I'm going like. <laughs> Audrey's incredible. It's lunchtime right now for yeah. those listening. Um, the best. So I feel like as soon croissants. as we're. we're you know, wrap this up. I'm gonna go to yes. the website and just like click one of each and yeah. then, uh, do it. Wish that do it, it was a drive-through so that I could have it right away. Yeah. I don't know when this is launching, but we have other awesome brands that we love dearly, like to live for. That's joining as well. Nice. I uh, love Aaron and everything that Aaron represents, and like you know, has been such an incredible supporter. Um, so I don't think this will be out before we launch. So you've heard it first. What's that? You've heard it first, so I, yeah. it will definitely be, um, and yeah, you'll hear about koi, and uh, they were known as herbed noodles. Right. Um, so, Rebrand. again, another kitchen mate. Yeah. Man, that's the... I feel like I'm forgetting it, so it, many people. Calabash is not on right now with us, but we are, like, we, we are so inspired by how they started, and, like, they've been, they've been, like, the pillar of, you know, the black community, and, like you know, sharing the culture and food of Caribbean uh, descent, but even more than that, um, they've been around for over 10 years. And so, yeah, yeah I cannot, like, move the beatbox with so many people. Yeah. Shout and out what? to Juice Track. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's a, where where can people find, is it on your, like, highlight on your stories where you've posted those, the 200? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you can find uh, on our stories, highlighted. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Just in case people want to. Yeah, we've shared Yelps as well, who's, like, gone beyond and, you know, and uh, so, uh, where can people find you online? Instagram? Online, yeah. Uh, what, what, what do we look up on the old Google to find you? <laughs> Google Kitchen. Kula <laughs> Kitchen. Find our kitchen there. Kula yes. Kitchen. Uh, .ca uh, is where most of our people can order from. Uh, you can find, you, you'll also find all of our partners um, that are listed. 
and we're going to continue growing that. Awesome. Uh, yeah, tune in on Instagram, um, Facebook sometimes. <laughs> and we'll have lots of exciting pop-ups post-COVID. Lots of pop-ups. And, oh, oh, wait. Till, yeah. We had to cancel a pop-up just before COVID. Or, yeah. Or at one COVID. It was literally like we were planning this like extremely fun brunch where there was music and food. Um yeah with elbow patties and then like COVID just like rained on it on a, but you know what it's a delay for now yeah. um we'll pass this and then we'll 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 really come out and I think it's gonna be it's gonna be incredible to just do that again oh it'll happen yeah um otherwise um you know we gotta give a shout out to Seth yeah oh Seth like listen Kula will not be present unless Seth was um yeah I, I'm so grateful for yeah, that for to. having such a great partner who does everything yeah. <laughs> deals with all of you know it's all positives right now but like you know being an entrepreneur and having a small business and a family there's just so much um involved and he hears it all he can probably tell you all my deep secrets and like dark sides <laughs> <laughs> we'll have Seth on next time. the most patient person yeah. you may you know it may not be as obvious but like yeah uh very patient and very um supportive and um, yes yeah, an incredible person and he was a and star partner. of the juice truck Urban yes. soccer team yes that's i heard <laughs> star badminton player star badminton player mm-hmm. i mean what doesn't he do i know he does so much that's why i married him <laughs> you made a good choice he made a good I choice sure you, you guys made good choices choosing each other <laughs> Well, we'll, Thank you. we'll definitely have to have you back on. I think it'd be really cool to even have you on with Indian Pantry just to talk yes. about um, that that connection from India to Kenya. I think that mm-hmm. you know was sparking lots of interest just hearing that. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for taking time to hang out with us today. It's so nice to to see you and and just thank you from the collective community for you know always elevating, always shining light, always being you know a resource. Um, and you know, doing it in a positive, loving way that you you always Thank do. You. So you know, you. we're grateful for you. Um, we're thankful for what you do, and uh, we look forward to you know continually growing this community and and growing together as uh, as we do. I appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Of course. Yeah. I think one last thing I could say is, um, I, as small producers and plant based, we really need um, the community to show up, and so. Buy local. Yeah. Um, we're definitely going into it. Feels like another wave, whether it happens or not. It's, yeah. It's such a crucial time. So yeah. Yeah. Show up for for us. We'll show up for you. If you love a business, you know, show up and support them because that's how that's how we all get yeah. get through and can yeah. continue to to do what we do. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. Coolerkitchen.ca. Dot ca. Yeah. Okay. It's Cooler Kitchen everything. Like, Cooler Kitchen uh, everything. Handles, all Cooler Kitchen. Awesome. Cooler Kitchen Retreat coming 2022. 20, <laughs> 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. Me and Dean are going to yeah. be there. That's right. Two yeah. spots are taken. There's only okay. like 10 spots. There's only going to be 10 so spots. Better sign up now. Awesome. Thank you so Thank much. You. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Okay. Until right. next time, awesome. friends. Thanks, Ashley.